0: You know, the the way the medications work is they sort of lower some of the frontal cognitive processes of the brain and, you know, whatever sort of grip um, the patient might have on reality starts to fade away and then a lot of emotions surface, a lot of things, fears, anxieties, traumas, a lot of things come up. And in that process, um, it really, the, the, the surgery itself acts as an opportunity, whether it's done consciously or subconsciously acts as an opportunity for the patient to, um, to live out and experience those things.
1: Hello and welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fiveson. I'm thrilled to bring you another episode guaranteed to inspire and enlighten you. As an official media partner for the Wonderland 2023 conference, we're bringing you the very best of the experts and thought leaders who is shaping the future of health, wellness and mindfulness. Today we have an extraordinary guest who is a true pioneer in his field, Dr. John Kanevsky. He's a medical doctor, FRCSC, and a board certified plastic surgeon and fat grafting expert, transforming the cosmetic surgery field with his unique approach called Surgery as a Ceremony. Dr. Konevsky's commitment to holistic healing, his deep understanding of the body-mind connection, and his use of cutting edge connect technology, cutting edge technology, are just a few of the reasons why he stands out in his field. We'll talk to Dr. Kanevsky about his journey, philosophy, and his latest developments in plastic surgery. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. John Konevsky. Hey, 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 Dr. John, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. So great to meet you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you uh, giving me that beautiful intro. I'm happy to connect with you and discuss all the things that uh, you you want to talk about today.
1: I I really appreciate that. And, you know, I'm I'm looking at your bio and I'm looking at all the transformative work that you're doing, and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing for people's lives and you're really approaching plastic surgery in a, like a new way. Can you talk about, you know, how it differs from traditional methods and your approach a little bit more, Dr. Kinepsey?
0: Um The uh, the the patient journey that I have been a part of uh, throughout training and my years of practice has shown that the, the mind is an integral part of the recovery and um, the healing experience for patients. You know how they see their body, the stories, um, anxiety, fear, trauma that they've carried throughout their lives um, is directly related to how they see and feel about their body. Um, mm. And so that you know, traditional plastic surgery has to do with the actual appearance of the physical body um, and focusing on the physical body. Um, from a from a mechanical sort of perspective but addressing the patient's concerns and approaching the procedure that they're undergoing from a mental and spiritual aspect adds this um, extra layer of awareness to the patient experience Mm -hmm. so that when they're undergoing this transformation it's not just focused on the body it's the mind as well and what i've noticed in approaching patients from this experience is that their ability to meet the new self after Mm -hmm. a procedure is dramatically improved compared to, um, traditional methods, um, from, from a recovery standpoint, but also from the, the, the mental and, um, sort of newfound self spiritual standpoint. Mm
1: -hmm. So Dr. Konevsky, um, when you look at surgery as a ceremony, It sounds like you're really bringing a lot of intention and mindfulness in terms of um, sort of really projecting and intentionally bringing this new transformative self into the approach that you're using to healing and transformation. Can you talk about how you manifest that and what that really looks like as a part of, you know, ceremony? Is it truly ceremony? What happens in that process?
0: yeah so surgery as ceremony came about as a concept uh after witnessing many patients go through their procedures and having these profound shifts and in the psyche and what i mean by that is um a lot of the surgery i do is for patients who are awake and medicated but but they're still awake and conscious throughout the experience and what i started to notice is that patients once medicated their guard starts to get let down because um, you know the the way the medications work is they sort of lower some of the frontal cognitive processes of the brain and you know whatever sort of grip um, the patient might have on reality starts to fade away and then a lot of emotions surface a lot of things fears anxieties traumas a lot of things come up and in that process um, it really the 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 surgery itself acts as an opportunity whether it's unconsciously or subconsciously acts as an opportunity for the patient to uh, um, to live out and experience those things, whether they're letting go of the ego or thinking about things that they've been suppressing, whether it's trauma that comes up. Mm-hmm. And after doing several thousand of these procedures, I noticed a pretty consistent number of patients having these responses. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to get me thinking because of my own experience in, in in the world of ceremony and also my spiritual path, I started to see some similarities. Um, so the similarities between surgery and ceremony are really three three key ones. The first is that both in surgery and ceremony, a patient has a strong desire to, uh, or the person has a strong desire to transform, mm-hmm. whether it's a spiritual or physical transformation. The second is that there's usually an altered or elevated state of consciousness, whether it's through meditation or fasting or some sort of plant medicine, or in the case of surgery, it's, it's actual medications that are, are, mm-hmm. are um, used. And the third is that you have to go through the journey. Like There's just no way to get to the other side, but to go through the experience. And with that comes some challenges, having to work through whether it's physical or emotional things. And those similarities are are so true for for both that it 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 was like a light bulb turned on for me one day mm-hmm. when I was when I was, in, when I was in surgery. I said, you know, how is this surgical experience, how is this ritual any different than a traditional ceremony that patients would go through, mm-hmm. uh, or or somebody uh, seeking a, a major um, trans- transformation? And keeping that in mind, it started. Uh, it, it made me think about every surgery I do has an opportunity for a, a profound transformational shift mm. for a patient that they could then, you know, surgery is really like a once, for most people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And to use that experience as a way to create lasting, transformative, a um, uh, shift in their lives, and not just to have a change in the body, but also change in the mind. Yeah. The interesting thing is that surgery really, you know, also, for a number of other reasons, it's a lot like a ceremony. We just we just don't really acknowledge it like that anymore. You know, the surgeon will wear a traditional ceremonial garb. We 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 don't think of scrubs that way, but it really is like you know we wear this ceremonial kind of ritualistic clothing. Right. Um, patients have to follow a certain preoperative protocol about whether it's fasting before surgery or avoiding certain medications, which could be mm. seen very similar to like the traditional dieta or um, mm. other rules that you might follow before a, a spiritual ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's just, you know, there's, there's this spectrum between surgery and ceremony, but I really feel like they lie on this, this equal plane. And it's just uh, a question of how we shift our view on the experience and what the outcome Mm -hmm. is like,
1: it's wonderful because, uh, it sounds to me like what you're doing is creating a, a safe place, uh, a place where people can really let themselves move into Uh, You know, very much like the caterpillar in the womb and you're providing the setting, you know, and within that, within that concept of the set, you're then giving them the opportunity for transformation and allowing them to envision the change that they wish to see. So it's a, it's a beautiful metaphor. And I, I, I really like that. Do you integrate other modalities and other practitioners into the work?
0: Absolutely, so surgery ceremony is a three-step process. Mm-hmm. The first involves working with a therapist, and in this case, it's a ketamine-assisted psychotherapist, so um, a traditional psychotherapist that has done and completed additional training when working with ketamine, mm-hmm. and the patient will undergo a series of uh, sessions with a therapist, one of which involves a ketamine talk therapy session. And the purpose of that session is to address any fears, anxiety, trauma, basically to really prepare the body and mind for the procedure, but also to get really clear on the intention about why it's being done. And um, I work closely with the therapist to get a better understanding of the patient's uh, intention. And then that leads to step two. Step two is the actual surgery itself, which is done Mm -hmm. also in a very ceremonial kind of way. Um, music is used in both the ketamine session with the therapist and the surgery, as well as different tactile cues, vibrating stimuli. So there's there's a lot of um, um, in, intention and ceremonial um, elements that are brought into both of those sessions. So step one is the therapy session, step two is the surgery, and which I also use uh, ketamine as an anesthetic to, and um, I help the patient come into the surgery with a ceremonial, Uh, kind of approach but also you know recalling the things that they addressed in the therapy session. I always have patients set an intention before the procedure, what it is that Mm -hmm. they want to feel, think and see Mm -hmm. about themselves and the body afterwards. Mm. And then after, the third step of surgery ceremony is body work. It's working with Mm -hmm. uh, usually a certified lymphatic therapist who helps ground the experience back into the body and the somatic experience. So the three steps of surgery ceremony are working with the different providers. The first is the psychotherapy, the -hmm. second is surgery with me, Mm -hmm. and then the third is working with a body worker. And that Mm -hmm. happens over the course of three weeks. And what's Mm -hmm. interesting is research has shown that having these spaced apart ketamine sessions, Mm -hmm. um, as well as a real intentional way of approaching this, creates Mm -hmm. long-lasting neuroplasticity that is very effective at uh, treating anxiety, depression, and OCD, Mm -hmm. um, as well as any post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. I'd together with the experience of recovering after surgery, um, it really creates a powerful modality that helps people shift their mind and body.
1: Mm, I love that. I mean, it it really parallels the, you know, set setting and integration work. And you're really uh, then using not only uh, a lot of the similarities, but you're helping people to activate the changes in their life through the integration process so that they're not rejecting the work or getting tied to what was and what is they're really working through that process and really accepting and looking at their new self with new eyes and that's uh, yeah. that, that sounds that sounds wonderful so there is this you really do focus on the mind body connection that's at the core of your work and then you counsel patients uh, to really prepare mentally for surgery and and I, I it sounds revolutionary to me honestly because you know we've taken we've I've seen the health when we look at health care. I've seen the you know the care out come out of the health care and you're really you know using an approach that seems very not revolutionary seems very basic in terms of you know how we should care for people you yeah?
0: Thank you for, for saying that and for seeing it that way. That's exactly my my hope and intention, which is to to bring back a real holistic side as well as whole person approach to what is traditionally not really done in, in the world of plastic surgery.
1: So can we talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some of the most transformative cases that you have worked on and what um, sets them apart? Perhaps, you know, obviously no names or anything else like that, you know? changing, changing the, uh, changing the names and changing the places, perhaps it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what can you speak to? Mm
0: -hmm. Of course. So I'm happy to share these stories without sharing any, any names or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But some, some of the more powerful stories um, Mm -hmm. have to do with a very specific patient population I work with. And that's women who have either had breast cancer, who have had breast implants and have had them removed. Um, and, uh, or, or women who also want to create some change to the breast, usually an increase in the breast size. So I, I personally stopped using breast implants about five years ago. I just don't think they're safe. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is there's a, there's several generations of women who have been really harmed by implants. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's either led to uh, systemic symptoms in their bodies that have caused them to get very sick. Um, and uh, once the women have undergone a surgery to remove the implants it then leaves them you know with a, a fairly traumatic experience having undergone all this surgery and some women feel very disfigured and disconnected from their bodies and the same process unfortunately happens after breast cancer as well from, from mastectomies the, the surgery to remove the cancer so um to, to kind of preface the the stories i want to share is to say it's it's, it's really women who have suffered uh, both physical emotional um, uh, challenges and, and trauma from from either implants or cancer mm. mm-hmm. um, so some of the more powerful patient experience I've had is uh, there was one woman who had um, she had uh, undergone implant surgery when she was young she was 18 and almost 15 years later felt like her implants were making her very sick so she decided to have them removed and once the implants were removed, she was really in a, in a challenging place because she carried a lot of shame, guilt, and, and sort of, um, I would say, uh, tr- trauma around these decisions that she made when she was so young that have really impacted and what she felt disfigured her body. Mm-hmm. Taking her through the surgery ceremony experience and witnessing the transformation of healing that she had in relation to how she viewed her body was transformative it was it was it was um one of the earlier times that i'd done this uh the the full protocol of surgery ceremony and what i witnessed was just a totally different person it's not just that the body changed and and she became more confident it's that she really shed the fear the guilt the blame and the shame that she had associated with her body for so long Um, as a result of the choices that she had made, and so it was like a um, she, the way she described it when she she was in surgery as we as I administered the academy, she says, "I finally feel like I'm coming home. I know what self love is," and that to me was just wow. it just wow. was so powerful to witness because you know whether whether the surgery needs to happen or not, but to 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 physically experience somebody going through a, a shift like that and the way they view themselves, that's my Ultimate goal for every procedure that I do is to help somebody feel like they're coming home, experience the divinity within, and to reach a place of self-love. Um, and and that was really powerful. That's what really set me off on this journey to say, you know, I th- I think this needs to be an integral part of every surgery that I do. And I'm so um, mm. s- so just amazed at, at the transformation she went through. Um, so mm. that's that that's one one story. I, I, another another patient experience that really touched me was. Uh, a woman in her in her forties who had recently lost her spouse, and she was a mother of three, and uh, you know she 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 was about it was about a year after she lost her 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 partner, and was very much um, you know she'd been doing the work to go through the grieving process, had her own therapy. But she was finally in a place where she was like, you know, I, I think I want to do something for myself. Like I've I've been um, mm-hmm. in service as a mother, as a spouse. I've been in grief, and so she looked at this procedure that she was doing as a way to sort of reclaim her femininity and, and as, mm-hmm. as an investment mm-hmm. in herself. And what came up for her during her therapy and 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 surgery experience was this incredible moment of healing uh, in relation to her grief, mm-hmm. and um it, the way it showed up during the surgery is um so the way i do the procedure i i will uh, administer the ketamine medicine to work and, and to talk through it and for anything that comes up for the patient to really to really surface and what came up with her was this beautiful vision she had of her husband of her children she was able to to be there with them and to just have this moment of um, presence and and what she called real real deep healing and when she was going through a healing process all of that um, but meaning when I say healing from the surgery all of that was part of it you know she for in her first follow-up a week later she came in in tears saying like I, I, I feel so at home in my body I feel like I've made so much um, um, uh, uh, peace and forgiveness to myself and also in the grieving process which is something that just doesn't happen in, in traditional surgery you know um, patients don't normally go in for surgery and, and say that they feel like they've um, addressed or or, or uh, worked through major trauma or or even grief in their lives so um, that was just another sort of signal to me that this is this is really powerful work and that surgery as a ceremony is, is a powerful tool for patients to to really be able to meet uh, and transform their their minds as well as the body.
1: It sounds really very, very sacred to me. And, you know, I mean, it's a sacred trust that you're given, you know, within the process of being able to work with someone's fears, uncertainties, and doubts and their traditional perspective in terms of their own, you know, body image, you know, their own self talk, if you will. And I'm sure may, many people that you work with are understandably, you know, when they go into it, they're a little scared because they're dealing with plastic surgery and some of the risk involved. How do you address those fears with your patients?
0: So I think information and knowledge is really powerful and that's always the place that I start. Um, so I like to get a very clear uh, perspective on what patients are afraid of. And I think it's about communication. So patients will often share what they're worried about and then I provide them the information as best as I know. And no surgery is without its risks um, and, and potential complications. So I try to always share and communicate what I know if a patient is afraid about a, a particular complication or what might happen during a surgery. It's about just bringing that information into the, into the discussion saying, you know, these, these are the risks, this is the likelihood that it'll happen um you know i don't have a, a magic uh, or crystal ball to predict exactly how things will go but in the event that something doesn't go as planned this is also what we do and there's a reason that i do the procedures the way i do them um, awake uh, minimally invasive with uh, with certain medications Is because every one of those steps has a, an attached safety profile to it and i think it's for example doing a procedure awake rather than under general seizure i do believe is safer Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the recovery uh is is usually easier too, because you're not recovering from from those medications. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, but to answer your questions, it's always about just providing the best information possible to the patient so so they can make a, a well-informed decision about and 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 readdress any fears they have. If the fears are not related to the procedure and it's more about like deeper life things, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's I'm I'm always happy to address and talk about those things mm-hmm. as well as that's why the, I think the therapy beforehand is so important it allows mm-hmm. patients to to really address those fears you know like am I still going to be able to, to be there for my children after the procedure mm-hmm. or um mm-hmm. you know am I am, am, am I am I a bad person for wanting to do something for, for myself is something that I've, mm-hmm. I've heard before and, and you know these might not be tri- like the usual fears but those are still you know mm-hmm. the thoughts that make patients ruminate is is important to discuss to feel reassured.
1: Right. So, I mean, just to be clear, your approach really is uh, combining the science with the sacred, looking at the medical and the mystical and bringing those together. And then for those people who are really concerned uh, operating from a left brain viewpoint or, you know, uh, wanting to go ahead and really understand, feel secure with the medical side of it, your background and your experience really allows them to feel more secure in that process and you've developed really uh some great new technology this aura fill and lift uh 360 lipo Uh, that's a new technology you've developed and it looks pretty cutting edge can you tell us a little bit more about that
0: yeah sure so the the aura fill and lift is a um basically a fusion of different procedures that have already been existing that I'm bringing together in a way to create a minimally invasive way to do uh, the traditional lifting and augmentation of the breast only with fat. Mm. So fat transfer fat transfer has been around for a long time and some of these skin tightening technologies have been around for a long time. But what I'm doing is bringing them together in one procedure that can be done um, either comfortably awake or asleep and i call it the aura fill and lift Um, it's really just a fusion of those other technologies that i'm bringing together to create a natural way to augment and um, the shape of the breast so to increase the size and fullness of the breast and also a lifting technique for the breast Um, this is useful for patients who've either had breast cancer and want to do a breast uh, reconstruction of the breast Mm -hmm. or for patients looking for the more traditional cosmetic augmentation um, so it's it's a, basically a two step procedure. I harvest fat from different parts of the body and, those, and that fat is rich in stem cells and also the fat acts like seeds that can grow. And then I sculpt and transplant that fat into the breast and use it as a medium to shape and sculpt the breast. Now for a woman who's had breast cancer and has certain lumps or defect or sort of areas of the breast that they want filled to help them um, just restore the shape of the breast, this is a, a good alternative. Um, or instead of using an implant. My, my goal is that this be a procedure that replaces implants because implants for a long time, um, as we know, have caused complications for patients and um, it's it's hard to predict who gets sick from an implant. So my goal is to provide a safe alternative, which is this procedure, the Orifil and lift, fat grafting and, and tightening the skin without any big scars.
1: Mm. Well, given what you said about uh... You know implants before and your approach to it it really does sound very revolutionary and and much safer and uh, more um more natural in terms of what the actual results are and certainly working with different kinds of patients i think that's uh, probably uh, something that they feel more comfortable with knowing that you've got that care and concern let me ask you you know the beauty industry has long been criticized for petu- perpetuating you know, these unrealistic standards of beauty, you know, and I'm wondering how you navigate that pressure. I'm sure you have people coming into your office, um, you know, with unrealistic expectations. How do you help empower patients to embrace their own
0: unique beauty? I think that's a great question. It's it's something that's really important to me as part of my practice Mm -hmm. is to make sure that patients are doing surgery, uh, that are looking to have surgery, are doing it from a place of basically safety and security in, in, in themselves. And sometimes that means saying no, and I say no a lot to patients, you know, if I feel like the, the reason they're doing the surgery may not actually improve their outcome um, and may not, uh, may not give them the outcome they're looking for or make them happy. So the, the first way I approach it is, is a really um, clear consultation process where I get a better understanding of why the patient wants to do a certain procedure. Um, are they doing it for themselves, or is it is it to achieve a certain... Um, to, to possibly make somebody else happy, or they're feeling pressure outside um, outside of themselves? And this is, you know, this is a, a relatively um, important, but also controversial topic in the, in the beauty industry, which is there's so much external influence, whether it's from social media, from from um, um, just regular media, and just the societal messaging mm-hmm. around beauty standards... Mm-hmm. Patients mm-hmm. will still, regardless of the messaging that's happening, there's also still the concept of body agency and autonomy and being able to um, want to uh, make changes to your body and not be okay. So there's there's a sort of balance between holding space for patients saying it is okay to make changes to your body, but also you know, there are some really unrealistic um, societal ideals and, and and standards that are being perpetuated. So, where do we find that, the medium between that saying what's a realistic and natural outcome that we can help you achieve versus trying to achieve something that just is, is not realistic? Mm. And, you know, sometimes patients will bring in photos and say, like, this is this is something I want to look like. And, and I always make a point to say, you know, that's that's what's possible for that person on their body, or sometimes these photos can be photoshopped. But I have a very clear discussion about what I think the realistic outcomes are for patients on their bodies. And if I do have a sense that the outcome they're hoping for is unrealistic. I, I I explain, you know, I'm sorry, I don't think I can achieve what you're looking for, um, and that may not be possible uh, with any type of surgery. Mm. So it's always about just just being very transparent, very honest. If I'm able to understand what a patient's outcome is or what what they're looking for, and achieve that result, um, that's that you know that that means the consult uh, the consultation is successful because. The entire process of meeting somebody for a consultation is to determine the image that they are hoping to achieve in their head and what I'm able to achieve with my hands. If they're equal, then I think mm-hmm. it's okay for the patient to go ahead with that and, and I know that I can uh, achieve an outcome that they're looking for. But also that they're in a safe space emotionally, mentally, that they can, um, that this is indeed something they can go go through and want to go through.
1: Well, And then you have that therapeutic process that you bring them through so you can even further help them to define, refine what the outcomes would be, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you a question. What I, in looking uh, you up and doing some research, I've seen that you uh, have really been recognized for a lot of your contributions in plastic surgery, specifically uh, around scar minimization and... I'm just wondering why is that so important in the process uh, of of doing this work?
0: Yeah, so s- scars, you know, are it for a long time the, the concept of like a scarless surgery was sort of the holy grail of plastic surgery. It's like almost like waving a magic wand, the ability to do something with the body to the body and have no evidence that something was done. And you know, today it's still not. Fully possible to do something without any scar, but we can minimize the scar and make the scar less visible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really important, just because uh, most most patients do not want any evidence, or they want the scar to be as small as possible. So it's first of all, so there's um, no evidence that they may have had a procedure because patients want to protect their privacy around uh, sensitive things like that. But also, um, scars can be disfiguring. So, mm-hmm. minimizing the appearance of the scar has, has been a goal for, um, in, in the world of uh, plastic surgery for a long time. I did develop a, a technology um, almost 10 years ago that involves manipulating the scar with a, a Band-Aid, band-aid type tension device. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we know as the scar heals, if tension is applied in the correct direction, it'll actually minimize the appearance of a scar. Um, and that's something. So it's it's been an interest of mine for a long time, and that's a device I created a while ago. Um, but now nowadays, um, the, most of the surgery I do is through a tiny little entry point, um, which the scar is you know just a few millimeters in size. It's like more like a dot, and that's the, the tools I use um, to remove and harvest fat are done through these small entry points. And an entry point is a, is a really small scar, and if done properly in the right setting. Um, it can it can it can be almost invisible um of course everybody heals differently so sometimes it can be a little bit more visible for for other people um but the the idea is to to like in the the trend that i see in this in this world is that scars become less and less visible the idea is to be less and less invasive more and more um to the point where um maybe eventually there will be no scar whatsoever
1: Mm -hmm. well you know i'm 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 really um i'm i'm bowed over and humbled by the work that you're doing and i really do see uh your work and a lot about your mission really helping people feel more confident and empowered you know i'm i'm wondering you know what kind of impact do you hope your work will have on society do you see a a broader adoption for this you know uh, surgery as a ceremony you know the whole idea of intention setting the whole idea of helping people through the process what what what's your view
0: yeah my my hope is to be a an example for um for other practitioners in this space to honor the medical experience as a deeply transformative process specifically in the surgery world you know i hope um That more plastic surgeons can address the psychological, um, uh, the the profound psychological impact that surgery has um, for their patients and to incorporate more of that so patients will continue to have better outcomes after their procedure. But I see a much bigger vision also in the world of surgery. You know, there's over a million surgeries done a year, every one of those surgeries. Is a potential for a profound transformative shift for somebody. You know, um, a, a patient that's undergoing any surgery, and I, I don't mean just plastic surgery; I mean literally any mm-hmm. surgery, whether it's heart surgery, um, orthopedic surgery, like any surgery, is an opportunity for somebody to take pause, to mm-hmm. have their providing care team honor and address the shifts that they're going through, and to create lasting transformational change on the other side. And mm-hmm. that is my my longer term bigger vision, which is that there is such potential for uh transformation there. And you know, a, a like at, at scale, something like that could be really profound. Like anytime somebody's undergoing a surgery, if it's not just their body that's changing it's the mind, that you know, that that creates serious ripple effects. Mm-hmm. Um we we mm-hmm. we have this have this experience and you know, like a, a, it seems like almost any book that's ever been written by somebody who's undergone a, um, like a major near-death experience, which is you know, in some ways what surgery is, that's a, a very powerful transformation of the ego um, and, and the mind. And the, the, the thought that anyone undergoing surgery could be having this transformational shift and want to make a huge lasting impact on their life on the other side, I think is really powerful because that starts to, every, every person potentially in that person's community or immediate um, bubble will also feel the ripple effects of that. And that does create this lasting um, change on, on, on a really big global scale. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting with, you know, one, one patient at a time with, with this incredible team of uh, providers that I work with and the hope that um, this continues to grow and, and become something more.
1: You know, and and that's absolutely uh, not only beautiful, but I I think the research proves it out that, you know, bringing a sense of intention, bringing a sense of the sacred to the science, the medical to the mystical, and really looking at, uh, you know, a bedside manner. I mean, it used to be called bedside manner, you know, in terms of helping the individual to feel that what they're going through is a mystical experience is a transformative experience the outcomes are far better so it's it's really wonderful to hear you talk about that and uh it's great to you know really have you as a speaker at wonderland you're going to be a speaker you're going to be working you're going to be doing uh fireside chat um you know you're going to be working with uh uh dr kat meyer on that and i'm wondering you know can you tell us a little bit about you know what attendees might expect from your uh talk with her and this fireside chat if you will
0: sure um what it what it's going to be exciting because this is the first time that dr Kat and i are going to be speaking together on this topic even though we've worked mm-hmm. together for some time and what we're going to do is really go into the 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 detail of what it's like to carry patients through this experience of surgery ceremony and she's going to share. Her experience as a psychotherapist and and uh, the role that ketamine plays in that process, and then I got to share my my perspective from the surgery side, and then we're both gonna um, just just share what that what the patient journey looks like and and uh, everything from some some talk about the protocol uh, and the details about how we address that, but also uh, t- touching on some of the things that we've touched on here, which is what is it like to be a patient nowadays um when you have not just the the body adjust but also the
1: mind Hmm. beautiful beautiful well i want to thank you very much for uh being a part of uh, uh the wonderland 2023 conference and the mindfulness experience podcast how can people get a hold of you and find out more about your work
0: Sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's been a real pleasure to share and talk about this. The best way to find me is probably on Instagram. That's uh, my Instagram handle is drjohn.k. That's d r j o dot K. And um, from there, you can find all the information about um, surgery ceremony on my website and how to get a hold of me if you have any questions.
1: Great, great, great. Well, thank you very much. Well, that's all we have for today's episode of the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I want to extend a huge thank you to Dr. John Kenefsky for sharing his insights, his philosophies, his expertise. And to learn more about Dr. Kenefsky's work, visit his website at auraclinic.com. Don't forget to use the discount Mindfulness 20 when registering for the Wonderland Miami 2023 conference. For more inspiring conversations with leaders in mindfulness, wellness, tune into our next episode. Until then, keep living mindfully.